Everyone wants to be a success. In my most recent search on Amazon.com, there are currently 40,440 different books on how to be successful. There are books on how to be successful in business. There are books on how to be successful in relationships. There are books on how to be successful in college and how to be successful on your diet. I even found one book on how to be successful at being a success. (laughs) I guess that's in case the other 40,339 books didn't tell you enough. The church at Corinth had been very unsuccessful in some significant areas. And Paul addresses some of those in his letter that we call 1 Corinthians. But he concludes with a note about how they had been successful. Successful in a very important endeavor. Successful in a way that every believer can be successful. They could be a success by following the example of three men. Paul names them. Stephanus, Fortunaeus, and Achaicus. Here's what Paul says about them in 1 Corinthians 16, what we'll be reading this morning, starting with verse 15. You know the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you, brothers, to submit to such as these and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you. For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. On this weekend, when we take a moment to pay tribute to those men and women who have given so much in service to our country. This memorial weekend, when we take time to remember their service, it's important to recognize Paul's formula for success in the Christian life. It's one word. Serve. Now to do that, you have to make a choice. To serve. Most businesses have an organizational chart, and at the top of that chart is the person who has the most authority. The president of the company, or the CEO, or the owner, they go by different names, but that's the one person that that everybody answers to. And then the, the, the chart branches out from there, with each successive level indicating someone who has a little bit less authority because they have more people over them that they have to answer to. The pay also usually decreases the farther down that chart you travel, making the person at the top the best paid And the most important. Or at least it's supposed to work that way. There are some companies where the CEO could leave and nobody would notice. The most important people are the people who actually get the work done. Paul understood that principle. The most important people in the church were not the ones with the most authority or the ones with the largest paycheck. The most important people in the church were the ones who served. 
Paul gave some examples. Some people at Corinth. Some folks that the Corinthian believers would have known very well. These three men named Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. They were members of the Corinthian church who uh, provided some things for Paul. Now, Paul doesn't list exactly what they provided in his letter. They're they're also mentioned in his letter to the Ephesians. They they likely are, are the ones who Paul describes in those letters as having brought to him some supplies. Paul, being imprisoned, would have been dependent upon others to bring him just basic necessities of life, food and clothing and just the basic necessities. And it's likely that these three men did that for Paul. We don't know a lot about these three. Stephanus and his family were some of the first converts in this region called Achaia. It was, it was an area in what's now uh, the, the southern part of the nation of Greece. The names, Fortunatus, a name that means fortunate, and Achaicus, meaning from the region of Achaeus, uh, those names were, were very common amongst slaves. And so it's possible that these two men were slaves. They possibly could have even served in the household of Stephanus. For Paul, though, it wasn't about their social status. It, it wasn't about how much pay they received or, or how uh, widely known they were. He was far more excited about their service. He acknowledges how they had devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Now, this could have meant a variety of things, uh, probably including that the house of Stephanus was probably one of the meeting places for the church. And no doubt they had done many other things in support of the ministry, in support of sharing the gospel in Corinth and beyond. Now, for Paul, exactly what it was they had done wasn't even really the point. The point was they made a specific choice. They chose to make someone else more important than they were. They made the choice to serve. Tomorrow our nation will pause all across these United States to commemorate those who have paid the ultimate price for their country. The practice of honoring soldiers who paid that great price goes far back in history, but it gained prominence here in the United States during and after the Civil War days. The the sheer number of families who had lost loved ones during the Civil War was was so dramatic, it it, it almost uh, lended itself to say, we as a nation need to pause and pay tribute. In the years that followed, what had been called Decoration Day became what we now call Memorial Day. As a day to remember those who gave their lives for their nation. And their act of sacrifice, their act of service, reminds all of us what it cost to enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy today. We sometimes forget just how significant service is. Now, we certainly don't want to do that this weekend. 
As a nation, we rightfully pause and pay tribute to those who have given their lives so that we could live our lives in freedom. But we also forget how significant service is in our life. We look at power or, or wealth as a, a sign of authority, a sign of significance in our world. Paul didn't. Neither did Jesus. They didn't measure authority in those worldly terms. They measured authority with service. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 9, verse 35. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last. And the servant of all. It's a difficult choice, but it's a powerful choice. Choose to serve. Make a choice this week to serve somebody around you. To, in the name of Christ, reach out Side of your own comfort zone, outside of your own world, and say, here's a person who needs something. I'm going to meet that need. I can do that. Now, we can't meet all the needs in our community. And sometimes that overwhelms us. We look around and we see all of the heartache, all of the hurt, and we think, well, there's no way that I can possibly make a dent in any of that. And so we just don't do anything. We're so overwhelmed. Don't do that. The key is not to see... The mountain, just see the pebble that you can pick up. Just see that thing that you can do. Because all of us can do something. All of us can reach out to somebody and in the name of Christ, serve. That service might be just praying for someone. And letting them know, hey, I just wanted you to know I prayed for you this week. That service might be taking them a Apple pie. And just saying to him, hey, I know you've been going through a tough time, and apple pie just always makes me feel better, so I made you one. <laughs> All of us can find a way to help somebody. Make a choice this week to serve. And the amazing thing is, the thing that sometimes we don't realize, the thing that sometimes we, 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 we just don't think about, is that your choice to serve has a dramatic impact on your world. We applaud service. But we sometimes miss the power of service. Not Paul. He recognized just how powerful it was. Listen again to how he describes these three men. I was glad when Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus arrived because they supplied what was lacking from you, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. The church at Corinth had a lot of problems. <laughs> Enough for at least two letters of word. Paul doesn't minimize the situation. But he does note how these three men refreshed his spirit. They were physical examples of Christ's love. 
and they were an example that Paul encouraged others to follow. Now, first of all, they encouraged Paul physically. Now, we don't know everything that they did for them, or for Paul, rather, but they came to Paul at a very difficult time in his life, a time of great need. They also brought some difficult news. They, they were probably the ones that brought the news about some of the problems that were going on in Corinth. And yet, despite that, they also encouraged Paul. And again, we don't know exactly what they brought, but likely they probably brought him some food and uh, perhaps a new cloak to wear and, and maybe some other uh, just personal supplies that he needed while he was there in prison. But even more importantly, they encouraged Paul by being there. Never negate the importance of your presence in someone else's life. We need each other. There is no substitute for Christian fellowship. Some people uh, think they can get their church experience from watching a program on TV. But, but they, they misunderstood what church is. There are times in the Bible where believers could not gather together. Uh, John on the Isle of Patmos. Uh, Paul when he was in prison. You know, there were times when physically they couldn't get together. But it wasn't a choice. In fact, they desperately longed to be back together with their fellow believers as soon as possible. Even with all the problems that were going on in the Corinthian church, Paul desperately wanted to be with them as soon as he could. Christian fellowship was more powerful than all the problems they were facing, all the trials they were going through, all the crises they faced. Those paled in comparison to the extraordinary power of just being together. That's how powerful your presence is. That person right across the pew from you this morning, they need you. And you need them. And the world needs us. You can impact your neighborhood for Christ. You can Make a difference in your community for Christ. You can be an agent of change for the better in our society. How can we do all of that? Serve. In physics, there's a principle that changes how any particular mass impacts another mass. That's the principle of momentum. If I remember my formulas right from my high school physics class, momentum equals mass times velocity. That means the same object weighing the same and having the same mass will do more damage, will have more impact on another object the faster it's traveling. Or put another way, when I was playing Little League Baseball and, and a ball just dropped out of my glove onto my eye, it stung a little bit, but it was no big deal. 
But when that same baseball was traveling as a line drive right into my eye, I had a shiner for a month. The same object has dramatically more impact the faster it's traveled. Now, Paul writes the equation for momentum in the church. The Corinthians had all kinds of obstacles in their path, all kinds of boulders that were right in front of them. And and initially, they they just thought there was no way to get through them. There there was no way to get through all the persecution that they were facing. There was no way to get through all of the the false teachings that were rumbling through the community. There there was no way to get through all the leadership issues that the the church was having. And and they, they seemed like these enormous obstacles in their path that were just bringing the church to a dead standstill. How could they overcome all of that? What could rebuild their momentum? Momentum even in a church as messed up as the Corinthian church was. Paul says, just serve. Just serve. Paul then gives them three examples for them to follow. Three people that they knew very well. Now, we don't know much about these guys. But they knew them. And Paul says, here's a good example of of how to serve. I bet that everyone in here has some of those examples in their life too. People who have served you along the way, maybe a family member or a neighbor or a friend who, who did something for you. Maybe it was just a little something or maybe it was something pretty big. But it really impacted you. It really made your life better. And you can remember, wow, that that really impacted me. That made a difference in my life. Well, don't just look at that example. Follow that example. Here's the thing. Your service in the kingdom of God creates an unspeakable, Unstoppable force. So make a choice to impact your community. Make a choice to change your neighborhood. Make a choice to have an impact in your business or in your school. Make a choice to serve. Heavenly Father, help us. This is a hard one for us to get a handle on because we don't see it this way from our earthly perspective. We see change as coming from a place of power, as coming from uh, someone who has authority. And sometimes we don't feel like we have either one. We look at a situation and we just think that's way too big. There's nothing I can do to help that. And then we just walk away. But God, what we have forgotten is the extraordinary power of service. For in your name, we can go out and serve and literally change our world. And so help us do that. Help us this week to watch for an opportunity to serve, to reach out to someone in the name of Christ And to do something that will make their life a little bit better. 
through that Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would work and dramatically change our world for your glory. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.